If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. This year is almost over. December is finally here and football starts to return to some normality. It's the preview show as we look at this week's fixtures, plus we take a look at our team of the year picks and much more on the OTC podcast. Hello and welcome back to OTC Podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-host, Bradley Morris. How are you today, Brad? I think life this week is, is absolutely trying its best to knock me down as much as possible. Yeah, understandable, especially with the news that came out uh, earlier on this week about the Aston Villa game that was supposed to happen this Friday. And again, that's a good thing. True. So we will get on to that and other stuff uh, later on in the episode. Um, first off, first is that on Tuesday, UEFA announced the nominations for um, the UEFA Team of the Year. Uh, the 50 players have all been nominated uh, based on last year's Champions League recommends. Uh, um just a quick run through the team. Uh, there we have the goalkeepers are Alison Becker of Liverpool, Anthony Lopez of Lyon, Neves of PSG, Manuel Neuer of Bayern Munich, and Oblak of Atletico. In defence, we have David Alaba, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Angelino, Juan Bernat, Alfonso Davies, Matthias De Ligt, Stefan de Vrij, Hans Hatboa, Joshua Kimmich, Presnel Kimpembe, Sergio Ramos, Andy Robertson, Thiago Silva, Deo Umpamakano, and Virgil van Dijk. And then in midfield, you have Marcel Sabitzer, Thomas Muller, Marquinhos, Josip Illich, Jordan Henderson, Kai Havertz, Leon Goreshka, Alejandro Gomez, Bruno Fernandes, Kevin De Bruyne, Kingsley Koeman, Nicola Barella, Eva Banega, Husam Awar, and Thiago Alcantara. And then for the forwards, you have Erling Haaland, Angel de Maria, João Felix, Sergio Gnabry, Chiro Mobley, Harry Kane, Robert Lewandowski, Romelu Lukaku, Sadio Mane, Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi, Neymar Jr., Cristiano Ronaldo, Mohamed Salah, and Raheem Sterling. What are your thoughts on those nominations there? So you didn't miss anyone there, did you? Do I have to go for all that again, do No, I got all... <laughs> I was clicking through my screen going through it, so. That seems a fair list. It's yeah. who goes in overall that will be the debatable subject. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see um, some Atalanta players get some recognition for their impressive Champions League. I think they took many by surprise uh, last year in the Champions League. Um, again, no surprise to see Bayern 
heavily dominate considering they are obviously um, league winners and I think it was definitely thoroughly deserved. Um, I think maybe the only real surprise for me uh, would be Bruno Fernandes. I'm trying to... I mean, he had a good start to it with Sporting Lisbon, but then when he came over to Man United, um, they were knocked out quite early on in the latter stages of the tournament, if I remember correctly. And then um, probably the other one would be Lionel Messi. I mean, yes, yeah, I mean, technically you have to include Messi because it's Messi. But I have, you... I have doubts. Go on. I mean, they're in there because they're performing amazing carry jobs for their football clubs. Yeah. I mean, how many goals did Messi finish with in the Champions League last season? I can't remember. Oh, no, no idea. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Like, he didn't seem to have that standout of a, a year. Uh, maybe because Barcelona just finished the tournament so badly. That's why um, no one seems to remember the way of Messi finishing it. Because obviously, the big two goal scorers obviously were Lewandowski and uh, Erling Haaland getting all the goals. So I'm trying to think. Like For me, it just didn't seem to be like a messy year. Um, apart from that, it's going to be interesting to see who does get the final uh, 11 teams. So fans can go onto the UEFA website and vote for it themselves via uh, a selection um all you got to do is choose the formation and then choose out of the 11 players, uh, out of the 50 nominations, sorry, who you would want to finish. In we've the, selected uh, 11. We've selected our own. Yes. Um, I think we've, we're in a bit of agreement with, uh, I think a lot of the players, it's going to be quite easy. So, um, should we start off with the goalkeeper or should we do uh, back front to back? I'll have to go goalkeepers. Oh. Yeah. I think goalkeeper, for me, no uh, hard choice has to be Manuel Neuer. Yep. I think he was uh, definitely an easy choice there, considering how uh, great of a season he had and he was really... The shot stopper in goal. Uh, Defence. Um, I think you've got to include. It's one where this could actually be heavily by and dominated, but thoroughly deserved. Um, I think you've got to include Alaba, Afonso Davies, Kimmich, and then I think it's the fourth spot that's open. Would you agree on those three so far? That's it's not just saying my four. Go on. The right back, I have Joshua Kimmich. Mm-hmm. Um, left back is Alfonso Davies. Mm-hmm. And my two centre backs are Alaba. And I've also gone for Van Dijk. Yeah. I wasn't, I... Pretty, I wasn't really just taking Champions League into account with a lot of this. Mm. I think it's though. I'm trying, like, I feel like 
um, Bernat and Kimpembe and even Thiago Silva have got to have a look in. I think <sighs> I'm all leaning towards Thiago Silva as a fight for Van Dijk, but I think I will have to agree with uh, you going with Virgil Van Dijk as the finish of the four. Uh, midfielders, I think Thiago for what he did at uh, Bayern. Uh, uh, I think Goretzka has to go in. And then... So I think you'll disagree with me on this one, bro. I think De Bruyne has to be the last choice. Uh, Yeah, yeah. that's my three. Yeah. It's a toss-up between De Bruyne and... uh, Thomas Muller, but I think um, De Bruyne just about edges it for me. And then strike this three, Erling Haaland, Robert Lewandowski, and then I think for me it'd be either Serge Gnabry or Harry Kane. Kane? Yeah, you finished Joint fourth top scorer along with Drew Mertens, Gabriel Jesus, Depay, and. I don't think Kane's anywhere near it. Who's your I mean, third choice of a striker? One of Lewandowski's in there. There's no yeah. doubt about that one. Would I get criticised for these two wingers? Go on. I I have Ronaldo in there. Really? Yeah, I still think he had it. Under one of his usual great seasons. If you get they still got to the quarters. Yeah, but that's not a good enough season for. I think Ronaldo still won the league over. No, they only got to the round of 16, Juventus. They were knocked out by Leon. It was the round of 16. Yeah. No, I still, I still think they did well in the league itself. I'm not just counting the Champions League in this. Oh, I am. I'm just going based on the Champions League. Very narrow-minded. But then again, can I use that excuse when I say who my right winger is? Who's your right winger? Oh no! Oh, because it's I thought I can't put Harland at right back or at right wing. I'm not really caring about know, the know, actual final position, but I know, I'm just I know, I'm, I'm too intricate for shit like that. So, mm. I, I did put Messi in it. You can't. Top scorer in the league, even if it didn't end great with Barca, it's been shocking. I still think he's the best winger. No. Still the best players in the world, come on. Yeah, but Messi's in Champions League was awful. It, it was a toss like... between... Serge Gnabry and Haaland but I just I didn't think Haaland was ready enough I didn't think I don't know no my final three are Erling Haaland Lewandowski and then it's a toss up between Mbappe and Gnabry and that's I think that was another one Mbappe I was casting Mbappe more centre striker I think I'm going to go with uh Serge Canabry, so that means my team is very buying heavily dominated. But I mean, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine.
Bayern Munich players and only two others that aren't. But for me, that's the team it has to be. Yeah, I think. I don't think I'm too far off. I would be very surprised if not one of Real or Messi's in. I wouldn't know. I, I think fans are going to take into consideration right. how bad of a season them to. I mean, yes, because it is a fans vote they will get there ultimately. But for me, they don't deserve to be there. I mean, what did they really do in the Champions League this season? I mean, neither of them got more than five goals or five goals. None of them got more than four assists. I mean, Messi got into the squad of the season. Uh, the UEFA technical squad group uh, study group selected them, him as part of the 23 Uh players of the tournament Ronaldo wasn't there at all so mm, I still think it's the Bible and whatever they're getting on name merit and then if you remember the UEFA awards uh, that they did before the Champions League draw that was won by Lewandowski Ronaldo finished uh, eighth and Messi finished joint fifth with Haaland that's still I don't find that it's still win. Yeah, but I mean, also being like proper serious thinking about it, I think that's why mine is so uh, Bayern dominated. I think you can't rightfully dismiss any of those Bayern players because they've all had incredible seasons. It, I mean, yes, Lewandowski had probably the standout of the seasons because uh, he was... Uh, top goal scorer and all that, but you got to say, that whole buying team under Hansi Flick was phenomenal. They were impressive. So. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the world of football, um, this week we've had some Champions League fixtures. Um, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, so time recording, it's Thursday, so uh, they were Krasnodar beat Ren 1-0. RB Leipzig came back to beat Istanbul Basishkir 4-3. Um, Chelsea 4 past Sevilla thanks to uh, all four goals were scored by Giroud, weren't they? If I remember correctly. So he's became the oldest player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League. Uh, Dortmund could only manage a one-all draw with Lazio. Uh Bruges beat Zenit 3-0. Barcelona put three past Ferran Chavros. Juventus put three past Dinamo Kiev. And PSG beat Manchester United 3-1. And then on Tuesday, Liverpool beat Ajax 1-0. Atalanta drew with Midtjylland 1-1. Marseille beat Olympiacos 2-1. Porto and Man City played out a 0-0. The only nil of this round... Uh, Three pass, back wing three two. Madrid drew with Bayern Munich one one. Shakhtar Donetsk beat Real Madrid two 0 and Salzburg beat Lokomotiv Moscow three one. So we've got one match day left in the Champions League, and you got to say some of the groups, especially the so-called group of death at the start of it, Group H, is going to come down to the wire as to who can uh, progress. Looking at it. United currently top on nine points, but with a better goal difference. PSG second also on nine points with a goal difference of three, so that's three goals behind Manchester United. 
And then RB Leipzig are third, also with nine points, but with a goal difference of minus two. Uh, the final game, match day in that, we'll see Man United take on RB Leipzig and then Istanbul, Bashishkir play PSG uh, next Tuesday. It's going to be very interesting to see who finishes in the top tier and who advances. Who would you say goes through out of them three teams there? It's definitely not Man United if yesterday's anything to go on. Yeah, though I think the big helping hand for United looking into that game is they won't uh, Leipzig won't have Umpamakano available because uh, he's suspended after accumulating three yellow cards in the previous matches, so he's out of this game. And we oh, mentioned the other bonus of Man United being right there, walking red card as well. Well, yes, the Fred will be unavailable after he picked up a second yellow card. If it was ever possible for a player to be set up twice, it was him last night. Though for me, I think... I just love the the trend in Patrick's that was Harry's Fred. (laughs) Yeah, it's just how easy he's still on after the headbutt. Crazy scenes. Um... I don't think United will make too many changes Look from their squad yesterday. Obviously, Fred won't be able to play, but I think uh, Donny van der Beek will come in. And then I think maybe Cavani will be resting. Then they'll put Marshall back up top and then bring on Greenwood on the left wing. But I think United will probably be slight favourites knowing any sort of result apart from a loss will be good enough for them to go through based on the superior goal difference compared to the other two teams. Um, also, you got to say, uh, group, I think it's B, yes, between Borussia Mönchengladbach, Donetsk, Real Madrid and Inter Milan is definitely the group games to be watching uh, this week. Um, Who bet on that one? Yes, so these games are on Wednesday. Uh, Real Madrid play host of Mönchengladbach whilst Inter host Shakhtar Donetsk. As it currently stands, Mönchengladbach and Shakhtar Donetsk are going through with eight and seven points respectively. Then Real Madrid are currently third and then Inter Milan are bottom. Uh, The way Shakhtar are ahead of Real, despite having a worse goal difference, is they've beaten the teams below them in the group. I mean, could you imagine 13 times Champions League winners Real Madrid dropping down into the Europa League, or even worse, not qualifying at all? It's got Real Madrid and PSG to be in that competition next. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Two of the biggest clubs in the world be in the and Atletico Madrid can still drop down into it as well. Amazing. Just just in the one year at Arsenal, I look like they could actually win it. <laughs> they come Real Madrid, PSG and Atletico Madrid to say, oh, sorry lads. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not your year. Because um, Atletico Madrid play Salzburg and they need a win or a draw to progress because if Salzburg win, they will finish the, Salzburg will finish seven points whilst Atleti have six 
So it's definitely going to be a very interesting match day coming up next week. Um, I don't want to predict any winners early on because it's anyone's games. Um, to Premier League now. Uh, as we said earlier on, Aston Villa's game against Newcastle, which was scheduled for Friday night against uh, at Villa Park, sorry, uh, has been postponed due to an outbreak of coronavirus cases at uh, Newcastle's training ground this past week. Um, the sh- game's going to be rescheduled for later on in the season. No confirmed date as of when. Is is it, I mean, it's obviously good that they've cancelled it to combat the cases and not put anyone at risk from either side. But it's going to be a bit frustrating, really, as a Villa fan. You'd say this is probably one of the chances to get back onto a little groove of fixtures and it's probably one of the easy winnable fixtures this week. Well, I find two positives in this. One is Ross Barkley will now be fit by the time we next play again. Hopefully. Oh, well, hopefully. And two, I don't get to rage at the shit show that is VAR for a week. Oh, God, please don't mention that. I, I tried my hardest, but... We'll get on to that um, nonsicalness maybe a bit later. I, um, I wish we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have to. Uh, so the weekend's fixtures will actually start off with Burnley against Everton at Turf Moor at half 12 and BT Sport 1. And the rest of the fixtures for this weekend are Man City, Fulham, West Ham, Man United and Chelsea, Leeds. That's Saturday. Um, the West Ham game will be the first one with Premier League fans available uh, due to London being in Tier 2, 1. We are in Tier 2 right now. Uh, so they'll be able to welcome at least 1,000 fans, is it? It's 2,000. Okay, 2,000 fans will be at the London Stadium on Sunday early evening. Uh, games on Sky Sports main event and Sky Sports Premier League. And then obviously Chelsea versus Leeds at 8 o'clock will also have fans at Stamford Bridge. And Sunday's fixtures start off with West Brom Crystal Palace, then Sheffield United Leicester. No fans will be at either of those two games due to their tiering system in the United Kingdom. And then the last two games on Sunday will have fans, which is the North London derby between... Tottenham and Arsenal, and then we finish Sunday off with Liverpool versus Wolves at Anfield. And then uh, to round off the weekend's fixtures on Monday night is the sort of a South Coast derby, though it's not a big South Coast derby, is Brighton and Hove Albion welcoming Southampton to the MX Stadium. Um, got some interesting games this weekend, you got to say. That's the odd one, I think. I just think fans coming back in general add to it so much, considering everything that I saw last night in the championship games. Yeah, it's definitely so good to have fans finally available back at games. Speaking to you as someone who has a light support for losing town, some of the things are quite lovely to see. 
Yeah, it was great to see a thousand fans back at Kenilworth Road last night uh, as they went on to beat league leaders Norwich three one. Um, yeah, it's finally good to see fans back. But like we said, well, I don't know whether we've mentioned it. I can't remember now. We've had that many conversations about it. But we said it's still not going to be right where you're going to have games this weekend in the Premier League, certainly, and other games up north in the Championship that aren't going to have fans at it. So it's like one week you could be watching your team. Obviously, it was to say Luton Town for this instance. They played Norwich uh, just last night and they had uh, fans at their game yet um, this weekend they played away at Swansea and I don't know what the rule is for because the Wales were completely different rules yes completely different rules so there could be no fans at all at uh, the Liberty Stadium on Saturday so it does make a difference even if it is just a thousand or two thousand people you can it's good to finally have fans back in amongst the grounds I think it came across better at Kenilworth Road because of the size of the ground itself yeah the pictures I saw the pictures that I saw were like pre-match yeah so it was in all the training and stuff it was just when they were copying them off when they went back into the dresser. It's like, okay, this is it's sort of getting back to sort of normal. Because, yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I mean, Kenilworth Road can only hold about 10,000, 11,000 oh, at full capacity. Uh, we have been there. It is a very nice stadium. Um, we can get the new one. Yes, which is in a few years' time. And they moved to power court. Um, but yeah, it's good to see fans back at the smaller grounds. But I think it's going to be one, especially the North London derby on uh, Sunday. Considering it's at Tottenham's stadium, that's going to feel weird with supporters there. I mean, it's only going to be uh, Tottenham supporters because I don't think away fans are still allowed to travel oh. to these games. So it's going to be weird. I think I, th- I think this game, that game especially, is going to be the weirdest one to see uh, fans at, considering how big the stadium is. But it's definitely uh, one to look at for. Um, elsewhere in the news of Premier League, uh, they have agreed to a financial payout help for uh, clubs in the lower leagues. Uh, 200 million has been guaranteed to championship clubs, uh, which is interest free loan funds. Whilst a 50 million pound grant has been made available for those in League One and Two, so loans uh, to clubs in the championship will be capped at 8.33 million and would have to be repaid by June 2024, whilst uh, League one and two will each club can have uh, a maximum of just over one million pounds but they their um fund doesn't have to be paid back as far as i'm aware um it's good news uh, it's so it's something to help um them not go into liquidation but if you think about it i mean a million pounds to 
some of the League One and Two teams, although it's good, it's still not really a lot, is it, on the grand scheme of things? It's literally putting a plaster over it. <laughs> mm. I mean, that, that plaster's going to come off eventually. Yeah. It's, it's one of them where it does it for now. It covers it covers the short term effects for it. Um, so for the next few months, but what's it going to be like, say, in a year's time, if this some of the teams haven't fully recovered? Is there going to have to be another payout, and who's going to do it this time? Oh, there's hopefully vaccine news now that the country will start getting back to normal. Yes, because they announced on Wednesday morning that uh, the vaccine is, well, they've chosen the vaccine and it's going to start rolling out in the coming weeks. So hopefully by springtime 2021 and the summer we are back to somewhat of a new normal for the United Kingdom. Is that you're not getting it? (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm not getting it. It's not because you're an anti-vaxxer, it's because you're not qualified. Yep, which is ridiculous, but uh, if and when it comes available to everyone else, then I will get it, obviously. Um, January 2022. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, With this moment, yes. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, let's not talk about them. Um. So obviously we meant we talked about VAR a little bit earlier. Um oh and after the, talk about the government, please. <laughs> <laughs> after the malarkey at the weekend, um with the Aston Villa West Ham game for the ludicrous offside called on Ollie Watkins, if I remember correctly. Um the way that they showed the lines on the TV was ridiculous. I know they say not to look at the lines directly because it's not correct. But you got to say the whole... So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to maintain Zen mode here. <laughs> the whole of it was a disgrace. And for me, I came up with... I was talking to you about it the other day. Uh, ways to improve it. And... So what I said was they have to get rid of it immediately, starting this weekend's games, if they were to, for for the remainder of the season. Offside calls now should stay with the linesmen. None of this pedantic, oh, he was a millimetre, his big toe was offside, or his his shoulder cap was offside. Just shoulder blade, not shoulder cap. Shoulder blade was offside. Get rid of all that rubbish. Um, referees can overturn the calls by VAR if they don't agree with it because like uh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher were talking about on Monday Night Football they were saying they seem too scared to overrule the VAR decision which is I think a correct thing to talk about I don't think they're so scared to overrule it that they're trying so hard to rule it out yeah <laughs> Don't try and look so hard to roll it out then if you're so scared. Yeah. Um, Another thing I suggested is have proper trained VAR officials that only do uh, Stockley Park rather than any of officiating because at the moment in the Premier League 
you can have um, one week Mike Dean could be officiating a game then the following day he could be doing um, VAR and you're just like why not have trained officials because at this minute each game is done by a person by person like oh the referee sees this in one game yet he could be refing a game the following week or the following day and not give a decision and you're just like right let's have 10 officials or 20 officials so two per game and only them 20 people make the decisions not people coming in off the referee's pitch for me that's how you improve that they also have a minimum of one year training of VAR whether it's decisions so they do look at previous games from previous years and they were like right here's the call for a foul is it a foul yes has the referee seen it no is it a blatant and obvious error from the referee for it not to be given yes it is right penalty awarded if it's not no penalty awarded because that's the whole thing with this penalty stuff wasn't it meant to be a clear and obvious mistake by the referees so we keep getting told yes yeah if you look at i'm just thinking back to tottenham newcastle earlier on the season when andy carroll headed uh, headed the ball onto eric dyer's arm the referee would have seen that um, no that's not a clear and obvious mistake because what's eric dyer meant to do with his hands in that situation for me uh it's just ridiculous and then uh the final bit i said was if they make more than five decisions wrong in a month that's those at stockley park then they're they're off it for the rest of the season he fired <laughs> the, no they're fired from that but they can obviously come back the following season and then they are allowed to oh, sugar. they can go back to officiating but not at a premier league level where it's going to so, cost so much on the line so are you bringing them into the actual boardroom and you're going to point at them <laughs> just you're going to do the hand sign and then just get your phone. Yes. So I think that's definitely ways to improve uh, VAR, but whether it will actually, I don't, it won't happen. They won't take any anything any of these um, people are taken into consideration. Oh. It, it's it, it's It's going to be one of them where they just stick with it and even though you'll have loads of people are arguing about it you're just not going to have anything different done to it i don't think no i mean they're hardly going to start reacting now because 21 year old reagan walsh from edgebaston is in his room writing up a notes list saying i'd like to be in this yeah i agree they're not going to do it just because i say it but you got to say but can i give my list go on what, or, what is your improvement I, I did it i did a serious thing this time so it was mine. Yours was. It was, it was fine, but it was, you know, too long. Mine was short and sweet. Scrap the fucker. Yeah, but I think because they spent so much money on it, they're not going to scrap it. That's where. That's, there goes the demonetization. Yes. That's where I think yours falls into a bread basket, an empty bread basket. That's a saying. I don't know where it is. I feel like I just made that up. Um, but describing scrap the fucker is going to the empty bread basket. <laughs> I don't know where that even came from. It's just something that popped into my head. But um, 
Yeah, I think many people will have the same uh, idea as you as just to completely scrap it. But for me, I don't just, see just it happening. Cleanly. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a different way of them doing it. Um, right, uh, it's on to the predictions now. So what games have you decided for us this week? Well, this week, I've gone for something slightly different. We have three Premier League games and no free wildcard options this week. I just thought, look at those Premier League fixtures. Three Premier League fixtures because I just thought, oh, the rest of them, they don't look three as... Games in total. Like, why are we only doing three this week? No, the six, you, you thought. There's six games, but three wildcards, you... Yeah, because there was a little yeah, internet issue there. So I, I heard you say three games and then there's just a dramatic pause. I was like, okay, that's strange. So three Premier League games and then three wildcard games. Is it, I'm so going to take a wild step in the dark. Wild step in the dark because you have three games. Uh, Chelsea Leeds, Tottenham Arsenal, Liverpool Wolves. One out of three. The, the North London Derby. Yes. Okay, so... Spurs and Arsenal. Um, I think this is an easy Spurs win for me. Uh, I'm going to go 2 0 to Spurs. I'm going to go 3 1 to Spurs. Game 2? It is from the Premier League. I'm going with West Ham versus Manchester United. The David Moyes derby. Piss off. <laughs> um, There's only one manager derby in football. And that uh, got postponed. Well, they shouldn't have ate his kebab, yeah, should they? Go... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1 United. I think they'll just about scrape past West Ham. Interesting. I'm going 1-1. Okay. Although I'm not confident. I'm, I'm, yeah. The typical Matthews. Great performance. Yeah. What is game three? Game three. It is West Bromwich Palace. The it could also be this could also be known as the Alan Pardew Derby. Oh Jesus! Because he has managed both sides. Just fuck off. Um. I'm gonna go with a. Who's at home? West Brom or Palace, by the way? It's at the Hawthorns. Okayish ground. The only good thing about it is there's a McDonald's across the road. Um, not that that's relevant to my predictions, but I'm gonna go a one-one draw. See, I went the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I, it does just have one one written over it. Uh, World mm. card selections, please. Okay. Go for the first one. We're going to the Bundesliga. It is a very nice. Near okay. The top, um, near I'm the not going to try and hazard a guess because I don't. Near the top of the, I believe. I'm not sure where the the are. It's Bayern Munich versus RB Leipzig this weekend. First, first versus second. 
and Leipzig are second. Yeah, Leipzig are second too. Um, I'm going for Bayern to win three two. You did because I was just writing your score and then you go and say it. I'm not doing that. Oh. You can't go for this. No, I'm not doing it. The same score then. I'm not doing it. It's going in two one Bayern. I mean, it's practically the same score, but just a goal less. Uh, game number five. Another interesting clash in La Liga. Santander. Travelling uh, to, to Seville. Seville versus Real Madrid. Los Brancos. <laughs> Where is Seville in the table? First in the league, fifth, a point behind Real Madrid, same goal difference, but Sevilla have played a game less than uh, Real Madrid, but both teams have played games less than Villarreal and Real Sociedad and other teams around them. Um, ooh, I think Sevilla win this 2-1. I've also gone to one, but I've gone to Real Madrid. Interesting, interesting. Game six. I feel like I'm doing talking about the NBA here with game six. Game six is also a very good segue into a talking about because this weekend, Saturday, half twelve. They are stakes on the line. In what division? The Women's Super League. Ah, yes. Uh, my mind was completely frozen there. I was. I don't know why I was thinking it was going to go Italy or somewhere in Holland. This is Aston Villa women Thanks. versus Manchester United women. It's an OTC derby. Yeah, OTC Derby. Uh, I am going for a 4 0 Man United win. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I have faith in my youth led women's team, but not enough to go and predict a win this one. They are losing this 3 0. I was about to say, you've got to have a bit of. Even I'm not. Realistic. Mm. Um, right, as we've just talked about women's football, we'll just I'll give you a quick roundup of what's happening and what's happened. Um, as you said, Aston Villa taking Man United on Saturday, half twelve. Any sort of result will leave Casey Stoney's United top of the table for twenty-four hours at least. Whilst Villa win would uh, leapfrog West Ham, uh, though defeat would bring them closer to Tottenham Hotspurs on goal difference and Bristol City at the bottom. Sunday sees Chelsea take on West Ham at half past 12, then Reading play Bristol City, Tottenham play Brighton and Hove Albion, Arsenal play Birmingham City and then the weekend's fixtures are rounded up with Everton taking on Manchester City which will be available on BT Sport 2 and the other game that's available on TV is Chelsea versus West Ham that's on BBC iPlayer. All of the games are on the FA Player. Um, 
we've had the international break in women's football so we've had um the netherlands finished with a perfect record of 10 uh, wins after they beat kosovo 6-0 on tuesday night a uh, hat-trick from Katia Schnuish and then goals from Lika Martins. Um, I've completely forgotten who scored the other goals, and that's really bad of me, considering I fucking watched the game. Jill, oh, and a Jill Rod brace uh, with the goals. So help Serena Wiegmann's side finish with a perfect 10 wins out of 10. Um, we've had multiple teams... Uh, also qualify for the Euros next year, including Iceland, uh, Spain, or Spain, I think, are on the brink. Uh, Iceland, Belgium have definitely qualified. Northern Ireland and Russia are in the playoffs, and Finland and Portugal have guaranteed top two finishes. I was going to say, right, Northern Ireland, because that was something that I was talking about in lectures earlier this week. Yes, they beat uh, Faroe Islands 5-1. So so England are obviously guaranteed to be there due to being hosts, and Northern Ireland are another home nation that will be in the playoffs. However, Scotland will not be at the tournament after they lost to Iceland or Finland uh, earlier in the week. And uh, Wales also won't be there due to um, where they are in their group. So it's definitely going to be a tournament when that comes around in 2022 in England. Uh, elsewhere in the international scene, uh, on Saturday, the America beat Netherlands 2-0, as we mentioned on our uh, review show earlier in the week. And um, yeah, some obviously some games in the WSL will have fans back. Uh, not all, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Um, back onto football a bit, the, um, international football. Talking about men's, the UEFA Nations semi-final draws have just been made. I don't know whether you've ever been able to see it yet. I haven't. No. Uh, so. It will see Italy take on Spain and Belgium take on France. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, that will be played next March, I think, if I can remember correctly. Uh, um, going to be two very good games. All four teams are obviously four of the best, and that's why they are there. Um, I think that is all the football talk, unless we've missed anything. But I don't um, think we have. No. Please. Um. Obviously, we'll be back at the start of next week with our review show of our uh, having a look at the Premier League fixtures in full and how we got on in the uh, predictions league. Hopefully we can have a better week than we had last week where we both, I think, Brad got two extra points and I maybe got four extra points last week. So hopefully we can do a lot better. Uh, Until then, make sure if you're listening on YouTube, you are subscribed to the channel. 
give us a like let us know anything you want to talk about in the comments and make sure you follow us on twitter and facebook and until i review show later on in the week we will see you soon so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-host brad and we'll see you soon <laughs>